0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley-Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley-Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs Podcast, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today I figured we'd talk about some football. And what we're going to do is go through and rank players' odds to be the Buffs' most valuable player. Um, So these are lists I put together. It's 10-1 to for the offense, 10-1 to for the defense. Like I said, you know, you start with number 10, who, you know, spoiler alert for the offense, Chase Penry. Chase Penry has the tenth best odds to be the Buffs' offensive MVP this season. So that's the plan for today. We're gonna go through the offense in the first half of the podcast, the defense in the second half, and that'll that'll be the show. Um, I don't think there's any other details, like any news or anything. Uh, not much went down over the weekend, which is honestly kind of a shame. Like I've I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm a little bored. I'm all bored. Like, things need to happen. Um, I mentioned at the end of the last pod, like, keep an eye on Jabari Walker. I say continue to keep an eye on Jabari Walker. Um, but but in terms of news, nothing. Nada. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the Avs won. Jokic is the MVP. Jokic is the MVP. We can get excited about that. Uh, best basketball player alive. Like, I'm still convinced. You put him one-on-one against anybody, He's he's going to win. He's going to win. Or at the very least, he's going to snap the other guy in half and they'll default or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Jokic MVP, that's fun. Uh, Av's going for the sweep tonight. I'm actually at the DMVR bar, and where I typically record my podcast here, which is a place that's kind of out of the way of everybody else, there's a new microphone. And I, I think I set the settings up all right, and I tested it. But uh, I guess I'm also praying that this works out fine. So, yeah, um. am there's the update on my life. Uh Jokic MVP. Avs going for the sweep. And there we go. We can just jump in. That was all a waste of time. Sorry about that. Uh like I said, starting with the offense, number 10, Chase Penry. 10th best odds to be the offensive MVP. Um you're gonna see that this is a pretty competitive spot. Um there's kind of a theme among the back end of this list. Um Chase Penry, though, just to talk about him. Uh, The reason he did make the cut is because he's a slot receiver. And while RJ Snead can play in the slot, I think a couple of these guys can actually play in the slot. Chase Penry projects best into that role, and that's a role that Dimitri Stanley left empty. So when you kind of run through, you know, receiver 3 to 10 and say which, which of these guys are actually going to be on the field getting consistent reps and which ones are going to be kind of rotational pieces on the edges, it's a lot easier to see Chase Penry wind up on the field just because of the role that he plays and so he makes this list here at number 10 uh number nine montana Lamonius craig uh montana played really well last year when somebody was hurt he was he was kind of that first guy in off the bench wound up starting quite a few games um i've said it before saying again now i think there's a really good chance that this is kind of his breakout year um, you know, we saw during the spring game that he was one of their three starting receivers. Again, there are injuries to guys like Chase Penry, injuries to guys like Ty Robinson. And so that does factor in and who knows what it would look like normally. But regardless of whether he was in that top three or not, he got the reps and that's what we have to work off of. And it means that he was out there learning all spring, this, this new offense with new coaches. And that's obviously going to be very helpful for him as well. So again, the, a lot of receivers here at the back end of this top 10, he gets in because I think there's a good chance he's a starter. There's a he has real breakout potential. And while you know Chase Penry fits into that slot role, and Montana doesn't have that trait to him, I think he can play there, but it isn't necessarily like you gotta play him in the slot. He's you'll unlock him in the slot, and guess what? The slot rolls open. I think that Daniel Arias, and this is actually something that Montana said to, uh, to me. I think actually to a bunch of us now that I think of it. Um, but Montana he thinks that he works well off of Daniel Arias because he takes the top off and it kind of opens things up underneath. And the way he explained it is, yeah, that's Daniel clears everything out so that me and RJ can kind of get open, find some space. Um, And even the fact that he's saying he's working with those guys, like it it means that he has a better chance of breaking through uh, uh, than some of these others. Um, Number eight, Daniel Arias. And this is this was a tough one for me. I, it would have been easy to put him up near the top, considering what we heard about him during spring ball. But you know we've done it before. We we've seen this kind of song and dance. And on top of that, again, like what did we just say, Mon- Daniel takes the the top off of the the defense. That role doesn't always produce the most. You know, there'll be a couple big plays, like when when they're not playing you straight up, but you, you think of like Will Fuller with the Texans. You know, a guy who he may not have a thousand yard season. His his job is more so just to to bring a couple defenders deep with him and open things up underneath because the defense has to think of him. And I think that Daniel Arias, in his his best possible form, is kind of that guy, right? He he becomes that focal point. And that's one of the things that Carl said during the spring as well, is that Daniel has turned into kind of one of their go-to guys, like there's a chance that he could be just the guy in, in that offense, you know, like they had Visco, like they had guys in the past, now obviously that's a massive comp, but, you know, just in terms of the physical presence, the physical tools, he could be one of those guys who, you know, you, you have to account for, you know, that's what the defense locks in on, and if the defense locks in on you, that's not necessarily a good sign, especially in an offense where, you know, there's a lot of guys who still do need to prove themselves. You know, if if there's one player who looks like he's in a first-team all-pack 12 performer, you can overcommit to that guy and make others beat you. At least that's what it looks like on paper. So even if things work out for Daniel Arias, is he really their offensive MVP this season? I, it takes some work. Um, but, but he does make this list here eighth best chance in my book. Um, went a bit off the board for number seven. Casey Roddick. Uh, only offensive line to make this list or offensive lineman to make this list. Um, maybe, maybe that's on me. Like maybe I, maybe I should change that. Um, but the combination of like, it's really hard for an offense to be or offensive lineman to be your most important offensive player. Uh, so that factors in the fact that the offensive line struggled so much last year, you know, that factors in, but Casey, he's, he's a talented player. Um, he, he has all the physical tools and I, I think he does wind up being your best offensive lineman this year. And I think that that's something that the, the people up in Boulder think as well. Um, so we'll see if that actually happens. He is the only one to make the list though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can leave it at that. Oh, I, sh- I guess I could say I did release like the, the, the depth chart for the offensive lineman tonight on uh, the dmvr.com you know i'm running through the depth chart at all the the different positions start with the offensive skill positions went to offensive line we still got defensive line and the back seven and all that sort of stuff Um, i think it's actually gonna be front seven and secondary but it doesn't really matter the point is look for that if you're interested and uh, more is on the way um number six on this list Brady Russell. He was another tough one to place and he was one who could have been up a little bit higher. And, and in previous versions of the list he was up higher. Um I think that it's really hard for a tight end to be your off or MVP. And you just look at who wins MVP awards at all the different levels, very rarely tight ends. So, you know, there's you'll see who's in front of him, but I do uh I do think that Brady has a really solid chance um it helps that he's so versed out like he helps you on every play right so if it's a running play he's a great blocker if it's a passing play well he's a great blocker and you could leave him in to protect but also he can go catch the ball and make plays with his legs um he could be due for a breakout you know I, I do think that this passing game was so bad last year it's basically a guarantee that there's going to be maybe another thousand passing yards out there which means a thousand receiving yards now, how many of those go to Brady, who led the team in catches last year, led the team in receiving yards last year? I don't know, but I think that there are at least another 1,000 yards to go around, and that's before you factor in, you know, Dimitri Stanley's gone, Brendan Rice is gone, Levante Chenault was fairly productive in the couple games he was out there. So could Brady wind up being more of a piece of the offense? I think the fact that um, Clay Patterson is the tight ends coach and the passing game coordinator – that's a that's a sign that things could be trending up for Brady. Again, it's tough to crack the top 5 as a tight end, and so Brady fits in here at number 6. Um looking at number 5 though, RJ Snead. And RJ is the top receiver on this list. Um Again, the receivers got moved down a little bit on the list uh, for a couple reasons. I mean, again, it's tough to be the most valuable player as a receiver, but we've seen it in Boulder before. LaVisca Chenault being the best example. He did it for a couple of years. The reason I'm not putting him up higher, though, is just because it's a reliant position. While the offense, uh, the passing game will be better this year, and it's almost impossible not to be. They were so bad last year. Expecting it to get to the point where your most valuable offensive player is a receiver, it's a big ask. It's a really big ask. So, again, tough spot for the receivers is RJ Snead. I think he's he's maybe the only receiver who's guaranteed to be uh, a major piece of this offense. I think Daniel Arias is, based on what we're hearing pretty close to locked in but not quite locked in montana you know still competing with ty robinson still competing with Maurice bell still competing with a bunch of these guys um but rj is kind of uh obviously based on this list kind of a tier of his own in terms of the receivers as of right now Uh, the balance of talent and experience and you know past production and just leadership in a room that is still really young uh there's there's a lot of reasons for RJ Snead to be here. He fits in at number five. Number four, JT Shrout. Uh, this is a tough one. And I'll say right now, you know, number three is Brendan Lewis. And I, I'm still leaning. Lewis is the starter. Leaning. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth. I've, I've said it before that the, the – uh, But before camp, I had JT with a slight edge. Um, After that first day, after that first week, we're hearing all these good things about Brendan. I, Brendan is a slight edge. After that first scrimmage, one of the two times we got to lay eyes on him, I put JT back in front. And then after the spring game, I think Brendan did enough to get himself back in front. So this has been back and forth all the way through. It'll continue to be back and forth probably up to a week before the season opener. And right now I have Lewis edging out Shroud. Um The reason they're up so high, I mean, most valuable player, quarterback, easy to win that award. Um, I, it still was kind of tough, just knowing what we know, right? Because Brendan wasn't all that productive. JT, is he? I mean, on that same level, is he really a step above Brendan if he winds up taking getting the job, or is it he edges him out? You know, um, the offensive line is rough. You know, the system is going to be way better. The scheme is going to be much easier for these quarterbacks except for the fact that they're learning a new system, which is never something you like. Uh, you're you're losing Brendan Rice. You're losing Dimitri Stanley. And while you bring in RJ Steed that pretty easily cancels out one of those guys, uh, there is still a bit of a gap. You're, you're projecting young players to be more successful. They have a tough job. And, and for that reason, it, it would have been tempting to move them down. It's just so hard to put the, the quarterback behind the top receiver, you know? Like The the odds of the most valuable player being a a receiver, it's just tough to do because you're relying on the quarterback. You probably need things to go well for the quarterback. Um, So they wind up Lewis at 3, Shroud at 4. And uh, number 2, Ramon Jefferson. Uh, The transfer from Sam Houston, the running back, the senior. He has the second best chance, I think, of being the most valuable player on this offense. Uh, I was tempted to put him in the top spot, decided not to. And... We're living, we're living with uh, the way this is going. I think that this competition, the competition for the starting running back job, probably as tight as the competition at the quarterback job. That's another one that's going to be back and forth. I think that I would guess that early in the season, the reps between Ramon Jefferson and Alex Fontenot are split pretty evenly. Um, I would like to see those competitions kind of skew toward whoever's better toward the end of the year you might see it split pretty evenly all the way through uh but right now i have fontenot just ahead of jefferson just because he is the more proven commodity i think it's easy to look at ramon jefferson and say like wow these highlights look really good like there's a reason he ran for what 6.7 yards per carry last year over a thousand yards per, uh, per uh for the season uh national semifinalist as a team last year national champion the season before that uh, All American running back. Like, there's a lot to like. Just got to see one game where he's breaking those tackles at this level, and then I'm ready to buy all the way in. You know, even if there's like a fall scrimmage that we get to watch, all it's going to take is seeing that first tackler bounce off him, and and I'm probably going to be ready to flip these two with Ramon Jefferson. And I guess I kind of spoiled it, Alex Fontenot, number one on this list. Um, tight battle, though. And. You know the the reason the running backs are up here at the top, passing game isn't all that good. Uh, I think that it's it's easy to expect them to be running the ball a lot. Um, whether the running the ball goes well, that remains to be seen. It didn't last year, um, but nothing went well last year. So so something you'd expect to to at least be solid and, and probably you get the strength this season. You know you like running up and running the ball outside or inside or or whatever winds up working um but I do think that the odds are a running back is your most valuable player um and speaking on Alex Fontenot you know he, he's he been the the bell cow starter before uh had his job taken by Jarek Broussard while Alex uh had his his hip injury that kept him out of the shortened season um to be honest I didn't think he looked like he was 100% last year I actually haven't talked to him about that I'd be curious to hear what he has to say um, but he didn't look 100% to me last season, and I would guess that he looks more like himself this time around. With him, the margins are kind of slim, right? Um, not, not really a big playback, or at least he hasn't been in the past. It's a lot of get hit and fall forward, or get hit and kind of stumble a little bit and stumble forward for a couple yards, uh, kind of maximizing those those opportunities in tight. Um, he's When that's the case... You know, having just that one little more step of burst could wind up being really valuable for him and, and open some doors up this season. So so Alex Fontenot is number one on this list. And we can recap. Um, number one, Alex Fontenot. Remember, this is most likely to be offensive MVP for Colorado this season. Number one, Alex Fontenot. Number two, Ramon Jefferson. Number three, Brendan Lewis. Number four, J.T. Shrout. Number five, R.J. Sneed. Number six, Russell. <laughs> I almost said Russell Wilson. Uh, Brady Russell. Uh... Number seven, Casey Roddick. Number eight, Daniel Arias. Number nine, Montana Lamonius Craig, and number ten, Chase Penry. A couple of honorable mentions. Uh, first of all, Ty Robinson. It was tough not including him on this list. Um, actually, I was trying to decide like, where do I include the quarterbacks? Do I include them both? Do I include it with? And and wound up having to bump Ty Robinson off. Uh, I, he he's just behind Chase Penry, and the reason he isn't in Chase Penry's spot just the slot versatility. Um, and. Again, I don't even think that Ty would be terrible in the slot. just that Chase was really good, and that seems to be a a hole that they might have this season. Um, Other honorable mentions, tight ends. Um, Eric Olson, Austin Smith. I think one of them really could break out this season. Um, Odds, again, probably fairly slim that this is the huge breakout year for either of them, but talented kids and i think for at least one of them it's going to happen eventually it's just whether it's it's this season or next season or the season after that um they miss the cut mostly because i think brady russell is he's he's locked into that starting job at least for week one you know if you get to week one and you're running a bunch of two tight end stuff and eric olsen winds up catching four balls for 85 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Eric Olson might be your number one tight end after that. But to start the season, Brady Russell is your number one. Um, and, you know, the, I think that Austin Smith fits into that same category. I, I think those two would be tied for me in terms of uh, who is most likely to, to unseat Brady Russell. Um, although it's more likely, I think, that if, if one of those guys is playing so well, you're having that conversation. going to be seeing a lot of two tight end formations next season and, and kind of move one of these receivers to the bench be my guess at least um there we go that's the offense real quick want to remind you guys about Brackenridge Brewery um like I said I'm at the DMVR bar where you can pick up all these Brackenridge beers they are very good um I haven't decided. I think I'll probably have a strawberry sky tonight I think that's probably the move um yeah uh once I get done with this podcast I'm gonna get down to our booth I'm going to order a chicken sandwich. I'm going to get a strawberry sky. I'm going to write a little bit. It's going to be a big night, and I'm pretty fired up about it, to be honest. Um, but Breckenridge Brewery is so good. I, I What I should do is probably get that avalanche because it's the avalanche in the playoffs going for the sweep tonight. If you're not drinking a bunch of avalanche amber ales during this Avs playoff run, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's a beer that just so clearly fits this situation, so make sure that you're drinking it. Uh, also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I was on the DMVR bet show today. Made a bunch of bets. Um, if you guys want some real quick, uh, Nathan McKinnon to score goal tonight. That's like plus one ten, plus one fifteen, something like that. He's uh, he's actually not only scored a goal in the last three games. He's actually scored the first goal of the game in two of them. If you want to bet on him to score the first goal, you can get eleven to one odds on that. That's real tempting to me. Um, also, Colorado to score four goals minus 160 like not great value but still pretty solid considering it's going to happen uh so some good bets on the board today and if you're a new user and you want to sign up you can bet five dollars on any nba playoff game you'll get 150 dollars in free bets if you get your bet right uh it's an awesome deal for new users and even if you're not a new user you're getting a it's actually a 25 dollar same game parlay insurance so you make a same game parlay if it doesn't hit what happens is you just get to get your money back in the form of a free bet. If, if you only miss one, you got to get within one. Um, but so many awesome opportunities over at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. 30% profit boost on a same-game parlay for the Avs. 100% profit boost on a same-game parlay for the NBA games tonight. So many options. Make sure you're getting in on this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up, and you'll get – $150 in free bets if you bet $5 on any NBA team to win their playoff game. Uh, and you're correct. So it's an awesome opportunity. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, Ripple. Ripple is uh, the best. It's it's a fast-acting dissolvable. It's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. With Ripple dissolvables, you can make anything inedible. They're flavorless. They're dissolvable. There's little powders that you can put wherever you want, including on your tongue if you want the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. Uh, They've actually been studied by Colorado State University in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. So you can trust what's going on there. Uh, Colorado's premier dispensary Lightshade has 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. That's where you can pick up Ripple. The Barnum location is now open. It's one block off of 6th and Federal. It is the biggest Lightshade store with specialty products that are not offered at other locations. So podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at Lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Okay. Okay. Into this defense. Uh same same deal here. I got 10 guys. We're going in reverse order. Number 10, Trevor Woods. Uh, the back end of this, the back end of this list was really, really difficult to put together. Uh, Trevor Woods, though, as of right now, does seem like he's going to be a starting safety. You know, there's a chance one of these freshmen comes in over the summer. One of these freshmen I know that the buffs are super high on. And they might be able to, to steal that job. But the way it looks right now, he's going to be your starting free safety. And because of that interceptions are going to be out there. Um, There's going to be a lot of balls up in the air and it's his job to kind of play that center field role and, and pick them off. You know, that's, that's what he was best at in high school. There were a lot of interceptions, a lot of interceptions. He returned a long way Um, because of that. The, I decided to include him in the list. I think that he's in a good position right now that, you know, even as a sophomore, he'll have a chance to, to be this defensive MVP. Uh, Number nine, Nigel Bethel, Uh, Nigel Bethel, is your only returning starting cornerback. Now, the caveat being he missed the second half of the season with an injury, and who knows where he's going to be when he gets back. Uh, As of right now, though, I do have him as the top cornerback for the Buffs, and I think that there's a chance, you know, like Trevor Woods, that that he, first of all, is in position to make a lot of plays on the ball. But on top of that, it's easy to be the most valuable player when you're a cornerback locking down uh, an opposing player. Um, so, so Nigel Bethel does make the list. One of, I mean, the only veteran in that room now that Jalen Striker's listed as a safety. You know, Nigel is a, a junior. Everybody else, freshmen and sophomores. It's a big year for him. It's a big year. See if he can actually take control of this uh, cornerbacks room. Be that number one option. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, number eight, Josh Chandler Semedo uh, Josh Chandler tomato comes over from West Virginia where he started 31 games as a middle linebacker. I guess there were a couple where he was a weak side linebacker. Um, but like twenty-eight games as a middle linebacker and thirty-one total. Uh who knows what he'll be at Colorado? You know, we if you want more on him, you can go back to the podcast from last week where we really dug into to what he does well. He's uh he's a talented player. He's very well rounded, he's a little undersized, um, the question is, you know, what is his strength? What does what does he do that makes him him? Now coming to the Pac-12, maybe he fits a little bit better as an uh, an undersized linebacker. Who knows? Um, but I do think we'll be seeing quite a bit of him, uh, considering his 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 past. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he's probably, like I said, pretty well rounded. Could see him playing um, well in coverage. Could see him as a bit of a tackler. Um... <sighs> he's he's a wild card he's an absolute wild card as of right now but he is number eight on this list a number seven Quinn Perry uh Quinn Perry stepping into Nate's role most likely uh he'll be probably your starting middle linebacker that's where he's been ever since Nate got hurt with Josh Taylor-Somato coming in who knows maybe he he winds up being your number two inside linebacker behind Semato um more likely though I think that Josh Taylor-Somato starts somewhere else Uh, with with Quinn Perry starting at middle linebacker um not the flashiest player but racks up a lot of tackles if he can start getting in the backfield a little bit more add an interception or two somewhere throughout the season then he'll have a he'll have a case he'll have a case to, to be the defensive MVP um we've seen linebackers break out at Colorado before Quinn Perry number seven on the list of potential defensive MVPs for Colorado um Number six, we've got Naim Rodman. Um, Naim has been kind of a mainstay on this defense for a while now. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of this defensive line. Switching from the 3-4 to the 4-3, I'm not sure he's the biggest beneficiary, but I do think that this kind of three technique, two, two technique, we'll, we'll see how exactly he fits in, how exactly he's used. I think just a small tweak could unlock a lot of things for him, though. Just changing up his role a little bit um again fairly well-rounded Saul solid as a pass rusher pretty stout against the run um he's gonna be out there a lot he's gonna be out there a lot and I think that this defensive staff really sees a bit of a drop-off I think after they've, they've said they don't they've said that the backup defensive line looks as good as the top one I just don't believe it when you hear him talk or you know, it's like you know you have Terrence Lang you have Jalen Sami you have Naeem Rodman um I think that he's going to be out there quite a bit. And I think he's going to be out there in some important situations. Uh, number five, Isaiah Lewis. Uh, he's been starting for a couple years. Uh, he he gets up this high mostly because we know he's going to be out there. You know, Trevor Woods, is he your starting free safety? Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We do know that Isaiah Lewis is basically locked into that starting strong safety role. Um, one of the very few veterans on this defense. Think it, you, you see how he could wind up with three, four interceptions this year, five interceptions maybe. And then all of a sudden you're saying, yep, defensive MVP. So I think that's really his path solid in the running game, but hasn't been anything special. You know, he's not flying in the backfield or anything like that. Um, just a well-rounded strong safety who is going to get some opportunities to make some plays on the ball just needs to convert uh number four jalen saw mentioned him a second ago tough for him to get this high on this list you know should i have put isaiah lewis a little bit higher maybe um just because as a, a nose tackle and he'll be used a little bit differently as a defensive tackle this year but can you make enough sacks? Can you can you make enough tackles for loss to justify having this good of odds to to be the best defensive player? I I don't know. I, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Um, but again, he's a mainstay. You know he's going to be out there. You know that he is going to do what he does well. He's going to clog up the middle. Um, it's going to be about those splash plays. And if you're not going to wind up with seven, eight, nine, ten tackles for loss, can you force a couple fumbles? Can, can you bat a couple balls? Um, that that's more so his path. But but he gets up this high, like Isaiah Lewis, because he's gonna be out there a lot, a whole lot. Um, so there we go. Uh, Robert Barnes, he's number three on this list. Uh, he's, he's going to be in more of an expanded role this year. He's their cover linebacker. They say he's getting more physical, that he can play more between the tackles. That's going to be crucial. You know, if things are going to go well for Robert Barnes, that's going to be why. Um, I, I think he's one of the guys who it's easiest to get excited about, you know, given his background transitioning from safety to linebacker, um, coming over from Oklahoma. It does feel like things are set up for this to be his real breakout year. He just needs to go and do it. And if he does it, then very much in the running for, for defensive MVP. Uh, number two, Guy Thomas. Uh, he's going to take over that Carson Wells role. You know, Guy played, I think, the first seven games of last season, played really well, um, was in the backfield consistently. This switch is going to be interesting because he's now playing more of a defensive end role than an outside linebacker role. Will he be able to produce enough as a pass rusher? Will he be able to set the edge consistently, get in the backfield? I honestly think so. I mean, based on how well he played last year, I think that he's going to be in really good shape in this kind of restructured defense that the Buffs have going this year. Um, again, just the... When we're talking about guys who can make those splash plays, you know, get into the backfield, wreck a game, Guy Thomas is very much at the top of this list. Um, with the number one guy, Terrence Lang. You know, I think that this scheme change may have been just for Terrence Lang. You know, he might have been the the reason that they were like, yep, we do pull the trigger. You know, does it fit these guys? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. With Terrence Lang, yes, this is perfect. You're letting him play in space just a little bit more. You know, you're not asking him to stand up. He still gets his hand in the dirt. Uh, But this defensive end role for Terrence... He has a chance to really make his presence felt, you know, use some more of that athleticism and not just that size. You know, you look at him sometimes and think like you're, do they need to be bending you over? Do they need to be having you pound forward against guards or should you be trying to kind of tease these tackles with your speed while also having the power, the ability to work inside, the ability to set the edge. You know, he's just a very well-rounded four, three defensive end. And, I think that, like I said, this this change was made in large part because of him, because he, it fits him so well, and because he might just straight up be your best defensive player. He's definitely your most talented player on defense. Um, he's the favorite. He's the favorite to be your defensive MVP. Um, and I know that he's been probably a little bit disappointing, right? I think you probably expected him just a little bit, expected a little bit more out of him these last couple of years. Um, At this point, though, I think it's really easy to see him uh, take that jump forward um, because of the change in the scheme. Uh, So that does it. That's our list, and we can leave it at that. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with more. Not really sure what we're talking about, but it will be something. Who knows? Maybe there will be some news. Um, Sounds good. See you tomorrow.